From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, when is a full-time councillor not a full-time councillor? Juggling the infrastructure dollars? Potholes, the gift that keeps on giving, for the media at least. And should councillors reopen divisional offices? Join me for Over the Back Fence with Ashley Mack and Walter Williams. It's Thursday, February 18, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. It's time again to be joined by my Ipswich panel for Over the Back Fence. Walter Williams, he's called Ipswich home for 30 years. You hear his voice everywhere. Welcome, Walter. Well, thank you very much, Alan. Great to be back. And Ashley Mack, who was born in Ipswich and keeps blaming growing up under power lines at Ebervale for being a media tart, and he's also a small business owner. Welcome, Ash. And also the ball patch, by the way. <laughs> I missed that again. Say we that. weren't going to mention the bald patch. Oh. The, the other thing, the other side effect of the power lines, the bald patch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get straight into it. This is number two of Over the Back Fence. Now, when is a full-time councillor not a full-time councillor? It's been reported that three councillors, uh, Nicole Jonick, uh, Russell Milligan and Andrew Fechner, admit to doing other work, just like having a second job. Is that so bad? Over to you, Ash. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think it's a problem at all. I, I think indentured slavery went out like quite a few hundred years ago. We're not supposed to do that anymore. And most people who are in business these days have multiple streams of income. I can't see why these guys can't, as long as it doesn't conflict with anything. Mm. Walter, how are you feeling about it? A bit torn, to tell you, honestly. Um, I, a promise to voters to represent them full-time as a councillor, right? And the, the whole crazy two-councillor electorate scheme thing, which we could talk about another day. But it's like co-captains in football. But anyway, another time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't work. Uh, but as for, for second job, these people went into these positions not being forced but asked to to serve their town, their city, mm-hmm. their country, whatever. That was their choice. And they're paid quite nicely. I've done a little research and uh, last figures, it looks like around base figure, 2,350 weekly. Um, and uh, and that's not bad, but that's bad. And then, of course, you've got the expenses on top of this. You, your vehicle expenses is around... $20,000 a year, as I understand it, uh, plus, plus, plus. It just adds up. Okay, so you're torn over it. Look, I've got a couple of views on it, and this might put it in perspective of why the discussion has come up and why it's been turned into a media story. Mm-hmm. Back in 1995, amalgamation was sold as making councillors full-time. So we've had the we've had the full-time thing at us since 1995. Yeah. Now, under administration, and Greg Cimello, to be specific, he set the scene for this, are councillors full-time or not? Well, the reality is they're self-employed, basically, and they can work as much or as little as they like, as long as they turn up for their required meetings and are contributing in a meaningful way. Um, are they full-time? Aren't they But full-time? wouldn't you as a ratepayer want them to be working as much as they possibly can? Absolutely. For their electorate? Yes, yes. And, and not 
having a day job and then a second job as well? I think the uh, I think they are paid as a full time counsellor. Let's face it, and mm. and if there's too much moonlighting going on, uh, next election they won't be there. Yeah. Simple as that. Ash, performance would probably rule. But and when you get to these sorts of positions, why would you? What what is full time? Like, do you the old fashioned forty hours a week? Okay, well, forty <laughs> hours a week. Yeah. Most people, most successful people who are running businesses and things like that, they're working, you know, up a to lot 60, more. 80 hours yeah, a week. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Mm. So there is, there is time outside of their commitment. If they're putting in their 40 hours for the council, great. But if they want to do something on the side, start a business, start something for the family, I don't see a problem with it. Well, let's talk about divisional officers then. Still in the news, should they be re-established? I say a big, fat no. And before I go to you guys for your thoughts, I'll tell you why I say big fat no. Mm. Because before they closed, some 90 to 95% of all calls from residents did not touch a counsellor. They went to the call centre to get resolved without counsellor involvement. Mm. Now, the people calling for divisional officers will be the handful of whingers that used to call into divisional officers more as a social occasion. I used, to, I used to see it myself. It was just a do-drop in centre for people to pass the time. No meaningful transactions could be conducted in those old divisional offices. You couldn't even pay your rates or the dog rego. So what was, what was the point of them? Well, probably to pay uh, rent to some of the landlords around town who are... <laughs> Short of a dollar. Well, some of them are. Like, we've got so many empty, empty shops around the town. You know, and the three hundred dollars a square meter, which is probably what you can get places for at the moment, that's not expensive. Mm. Um, yeah. Walter, know. your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I like the idea of an electorate office for for councillors, just to to make them more accessible, if nothing else. But but I, I was not aware of those statistics that you just uh, shared with us then, that most of it went to the central. Yep. trafficking area. That's correct, and that's what it's for. Now, people can still meet with councillors. Uh, they're doing the uh, meeting with constituents now, either at uh, South Street or either of the libraries, which have meeting rooms, and it's easy enough to book a meeting with a councillor if you want one. So, you know, you're talking Rosewood, you're talking Springfield Central, you're talking the main library downtown, you're talking Red Bank Plains and Red Bank Plaza, I think at Red Bank Plaza, I'm not sure, but basically each end and the middle of the city it's easy enough to meet a councillor in one of those council facilities. Mm. Okay. Well, that's good. You need that connection sometimes. Mm. And what about uh, you know taking that one step further and having public forums like they used to? Town hall meetings. Town hall meetings, yes. Well, we haven't heard any of that um, lately, but uh, there's something to contact your local councillor about. I think COVID put a stop on those for a while. Oh, yes, of course, with yeah, uh, yeah. safe distancing. On to our next topic, the sudden departure of Council Senior Executive Charlie Dill. Now, I do hear it was amicable, if not sudden, from a a public point of view. Now, Charlie had been there about seven years, but it it is a tough job, guys. You've got to juggle so many priorities. Mm. It was kind of a mega department, everything from building roads to mowing parks. Walter, your thoughts? 
Look, as you say, it, it is a, a very demanding role. He was the GM of infrastructure and environment, as I understand, in the last almost two years of his working life with council. But he, he'd spent something like seven years at Ipswich City Council and well paid for it, nicely remunerated. Um, but it, it is a little bit of a shock departure, isn't it? We didn't see it coming. No, and, uh, you know, there have been some murmurs about uh, projects delayed or, you know, for whatever reason, this this does happen when you're building big things, they do get delayed. Mm. Mm. Uh, but whether they could have been improved, I don't think we'll, we'll ever know the answer. Ash, what do you think? Well, it's a funny thing about the Ipswich Council at the moment because if you do suddenly disappear, we're that used to thinking, you know, something negative about it, the, the gossip starts to happen through town. Mm. Right, and it's it's a bit of a pity. I said when a few of my friends who wanted to run for council, um, it'd be like drawing a, a, a crosshairs on your forehead this first term, mm. uh, because it doesn't matter what you do, you'll still be tainted by what happened before. Exactly. So Carly might be as innocent as a newborn child, but there'll be people out there spreading rumours anyway. Yeah. Well, potholes are a classic uh, one for people to whinge about. Uh, last time you described. Uh, the whole subdivision thing as a, as a Ponzi scheme, Ash, and, and council would never, ever keep up with uh, road maintenance in the older suburbs. Have you had any more thoughts on that? Well, the Ponzi scheme, it, I actually got that from a YouTube video um, in the, they were talking about it in the States because what we do, we come in and we build this, uh, you know, these little estates, tell the uh, developers to, to build them, but the bill to look after them for the next 50 years goes to the council and that, you know, like they fall apart after 20 years. So there's no, there's no way. It just becomes more and more expensive. So that's why I think it's a Ponzi scheme. It sounds plausible. I'll have to track down an expert on that you know, and ask the question, do current rates cover the cost of maintenance of existing council roads? Interesting, well, interesting one. I'm out at Chua, right? Yep. And... I'm on the old side, actually, but my, I bought Seth Forbes' old place, the old Shire Engineer. And Lansdowne Way has never been done up since it was built. And you can see it starting to fall apart, starting mm. to crack up. And they've done a few patches here and there. But I reckon we're five years away from needing another redo over here. Right. And well, what, in the mid-90s. Walter? What else? Oh, we've got to get them fixed. It's basic, isn't it? It's one of the basic jobs, apart from picking up the garbage and all of those kind of things. Uh, and it's one of those things that sometimes seems to get missed in the whole process of local government. There was a really interesting comment from a Paula Atkinson online. She was among dozens sharing her thoughts on the issue of potholes, and she labelled the roads around East Ipswich as ridiculous, and, and one in particular, Jacaranda Street, if you're familiar with it, mm-hmm. said it needed to be ripped up and redone, and I, I tend to agree with that. And it's not the only road that needs ripping up and redoing in Ipswich. Look, I'm not going to make excuses for, for the maintenance, but we aren't blessed with the best subsoils in parts of our city. It doesn't help. No, it doesn't help no. at all. It turns into a bit of a roller coaster ride and in fact a great example is if you look at uh, West Ipswich the recently uh, up, recent upgrade there is already suffering from what they call pavement failure mm. Mm. Yeah. thing about pavement failure and, and how you tell what the street is like um, White Hill Road have yes. you ever noticed when you drive along one day that the, the power poles will be leaning in certain directions and the next couple of months later they'll be leaning in other directions oh the soil around there is notorious Yes. Yeah, the, soil. <laughs> the old black soil. Yeah. It's great stuff. <laughs> it's all dinosaurs. 
Moving on to our next one. Let's do a local media watch. See what we can do with this one. I'm always curious that one resident whinging is given the status of many in some media stories. Mm. And in this particular one, I think I'm going to refer to Councillor Fechner's car allowance, which has been highlighted. And it's been brought up by Jim Dodrell, who has run for council uh, a couple of times. Now, uh, Jim's always been miffed since he didn't uh, get over the line. And so this is his way of uh, raising awareness. He might have another crack at the next election. Who knows? Is Andrew Fechner entitled to claim a car allowance without a car? It doesn't pass the pub test, but it may no. be quite legal. Walt, what do you think? Doesn't doesn't sound right. It doesn't gel with me that you're claiming a vehicle allowance, but you don't actually have a vehicle. <laughs> and like I said earlier, that's nearly twenty k's worth. Uh, a little bit higher if you're the uh, the mayor, apparently, because obviously she has more engagements. Yeah. But Ash, uh, how does he get around? Uh, he, uh, from all reports, he uses taxis and Ubers. Well, why? Why don't we just call it a taxi Uber allowance? Well, it maybe it should be in the policy. Yeah, I think yeah. that the nomenclature might be the thing that's causing the problem here. Because you've got to get around. <laughs> yeah. Does Does Andrew have a driver's license? Don't know. Don't he know. could do what I've done. What's that? I bought an electric push bike. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the only thing it's done so far is given me sore bottom. Yeah, well, look, that might have worked when we had smaller divisions, but I think these mega divisions might make it a bit more difficult. But, hey, it's a thought. We talked about it last time, guys, the Ipswich versus Springfield debate. And wouldn't you know it, Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle comes along and pours a big can of petrol on the whole fire in the last week or so, saying, yes, there is a big problem with it. Is there? Well, what is, what is she saying the problem is? Obviously, it's back to fixing up the roads and everything. They're just not getting enough maintenance and, and, and Springfield's all shiny and new and older parts of Ipswich aren't quite as shiny and new. But that's part of the charm. That's part of the well, charm of the diversity within Ipswich, surely. Is it part of the charm, though, if you haven't even got basic things like footpaths in areas that are so well-established in a city of this, with this heritage? Uh, we don't even have a connecting footpath from the new car parks um, that would take us down to the river at the moment. They, they cut off at the end of the car park itself. So there is no – and that's just one example of many. So I, I think there is still a lot of feeling between people who live in Ipswich and those who are living in Springfield getting everything shiny and new, and, and you can understand that. And maybe there is some truth in what Councillor Marnie Doyle is saying. Well, she might be uh, using that as an excuse to get a bigger budget allocation because it's this is the time of the year they'll be behind the scenes talking about money and where to spend it. So maybe it's not so silly after all that uh, Councillor Doyle has come out fighting, as it were. Ash, mm. you, you, you were pretty happy living in the bush. Oh, look, I love it. I'm not as bush as you are, but I, I love being – like this is semi-rural out here. I'm on a little bit of acreage. It's nice. Infrastructure's not keeping up because we've got a problem with that over the Mount Crosby Road overpass. That's a big one. It's mm. ridiculous how – and it, I think two mornings this week, cars have been backed all the way back past the mm. shopping centre trying to get your kids to school. It's not easy for people. Check out the Facebook page that uh, the Carolee people have got. They're always winching about it. But if if we can get um, uh, the secret out about Ipswich, 
and get some of these Victorians who are moving to Queensland to move in here. It might solve some of our rates problems. We'll have some more rates coming in. We're almost at the end of our second over the back fence. That means we can actually go back to the first one. And have you had any feedback? Ashley. Oh, I had some feedback. One of my staff in the shop wants a, a, a shout out. And I said, look, I'll say hello to all the girls in the shop. They <laughs> said hello. Well, you better tell us where the shop is. Oh, it's in the St. Andrews, the St. Andrews Coffee Shop. We, we have the only business I know of that doesn't want to see its customers again. <laughs> They're sick of seeing you. Yes. Oh, thanks a lot. Yes, that's true too. Any feedback from you, Walter? Yeah, some really good feedback. Uh, I put it out on my social media and uh, a lot of people saying about time you got on board a podcast. Well, it's been five years since you were on radio. <laughs> so <laughs> you should be doing something with that voice. And here we are together, the three amigos. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, very much enjoyed our second Over the Back Fence and we'll do it all again soon. Thanks, Ashley. Ciao. And thanks, Walter. Thank you. Cheers, boys. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.